Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. That could go for our Jill, famous down there in beautiful Osseo. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just so famous. Good morning. Shank of the day. Chore time here at Wax. Bob and Jill with you on what could be a record-setting day for high temperatures. A record, 75, the forecasted high, 74, and uh, it's going to be mostly sunny. We're going to get some winds, breezes, whatever, out of the south, and that always brings in warmer weather. So I would expect some folks are going to see some record high temperatures for today, and then when we get to the weekend, it's going to cool off back into the 50s. But again, a nice warm day today, and uh, again, Friday and Saturday, some rain. We'll talk more about that, but uh, we've got a... A busy day. You're going to talk to the the big boy from the FFA. I am. I'm talking to Dr. Scott Stump. He's the CEO of the National FFA Organization. All right. That was, of course, from last week down at the FFA convention in Indianapolis. And we're also uh, going to get an update from uh, Brad Matson, uh, Provision Partners. We're going to talk, uh, if we get time here, We like we said, we've got uh, 10 pounds to put in a 5-pound bag again this morning. And we're going to hopefully maybe get a chance to talk to some more uh, New Auburn FFA members who are down in Indianapolis for the agri-science program. If not today, then we'll do that tomorrow. And we'll also uh, take a look at some milk prices and prices of other commodities around the countryside. And uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, evidently, the uh, the deer hunt's working because they got them up and running around, huh? Yeah, they are. They were out crossing the road on me this morning. Yeah, well, you didn't hit any of that. It's a good thing. So nope. lots of things to do. Hey, one of the things we want to remind you, win that half a hog for the harvest. As a thanks for all your hard work, our farm team is giving the gift of pork this season. You can win a half a hog and a chest freezer to put it in. The hog courtesy of Smith Brothers Meats of Colby, the chest freezer from the good folks over at Abbotsford Appliance. Now, how do you do that? You go to Midwest Farm Report tab at waxradio.com. So go to waxradio.com, then go to the Midwest Farm Report tab, 
or on your app. You can do that and register that way as well. So thanks to all the farmers in our Wax listening area, from uh, yours truly, Jill, and uh, Kristen, the farm department here at Wax. So uh, win that half a hog and the chest freezer. And, uh, boy, have some good pork for the winter from over at Smith Brothers meets Homer and the gang over there in Colby. So lots going on, including an awfully nice weather forecast, at least for the next couple of days. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Maybe the most important thing, you buy a Powerball ticket yet? Tonight I, they draw for, I think it's a billion dollars. The $1.2 billion. $1.2 billion? Yep. I did not buy a ticket. Well, don't come begging for me when I win. <laughs> okay, I won't. <laughs> All I got to do is remember to buy one myself. But again, Powerball, $1.2 billion. Now it gets fun, that's for sure. Well, weather-wise, it is going to be a fun day today. 74, the record 75, so some people are going to see a record. It'll be mostly sunny, winds out of the south. down to Only down to 56 overnight tomorrow. 70 and uh, partly sunny, then a chance of rain on Friday and Saturday in the 50s. Uh, Sunday, partly cloudy, 55. It's 51 right now here in the Chippewa Valley. This is where, well, right now, a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. That means it's news time. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Get ready for another interest rate hike. It's expected before the end of the day. Analysts predict a jump of three-quarters of a point is likely. The Federal Reserve has carried out a series of rate jumps in recent months in an effort to fight inflation. Goldman Sachs says the rate could be as high as 5% by March of next year. The man accused of attacking House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband has pleaded not guilty to attempted murder and other charges. Brian Shook reports. David DePap appeared in a San Francisco court Tuesday. His attorney, public defender Adam Lipson, said he has received little information on the case so far and has yet to see the police report related to the attack. Lipson said the defense team plans to look into DePap's mental state and potential vulnerability to misinformation. I'm Brian Shook. Republicans are ahead of Democrats by two points on a generic congressional ballot. A Wall Street Journal poll found that 46% of voters would vote for a GOP candidate versus 44% who would vote for a Democratic one. While that lead is within the margin of error, it's an improvement for Republicans since August when Democrats led by three points. Drug maker Pfizer is going to seek FDA approval this year for its RSV vaccine. Brad Siegel has more. The drug company says it has enough promising data on its vaccine that it will end enrollment in its study and submit it for approval. RSV is a respiratory virus that usually causes mild cold-like symptoms but can also cause serious illness in infants and older adults. The new Pfizer vaccine would be given to pregnant women to build up antibodies in the placenta that would protect the baby after birth. A senior official at Pfizer called the vaccine safe and effective. I'm Brad Siegel. And the Phillies are leading the World Series two games to one after blowing out the Astros 7 to nothing at home in Game 3 on Tuesday. Houston looking to tie the series at two games apiece in Game 4 on Wednesday. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, we could see some record high temperatures today. 74 is the forecast high around Eau Claire. The record is 75, so... Some folks are going to break the record, no question about that. It'll be a mostly sunny today. We'll get winds out of the south, and of course that'll warm it up. Down to only 56 tonight, so it's not going to drop off a whole lot. Tomorrow about 70, and again a partly sunny day. 
And then chance of rain on Friday and Saturday. Temperatures in the 50s. Partly cloudy Sunday and Monday. Temperatures also in the 50s. Right now, pretty nice morning out there. Wausau's the cool spot at 40. And Marshfield's at 42. It's 48 up in Rice Lake. 44 in Medford. Lacrosse, 58 this morning. Green Bay, 49. Madison, Sun Prairie, Milwaukee at 50. And here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls area, we're one degree better than those guys. We're at 51 degrees. Again, looking for about 74 today. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Seven minutes after five o'clock. A beautiful morning out there. Rural Mutual Insurance. Good sponsors of uh, WIAA High School Athletics bringing us the markets and Jill the Livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 145 to 157 with mixed at 90 to 142. Choice fed beef heifers are 145 to 154 with mixed at 84 to 142. Choice fed Holstein steers are 128 to 142 with select and silage fed steers 77 to 127. Cows are 65 to 89. Bulls are 75 to 105. Butcher hogs are 62 to 94 with sows at 53 to 62. Boars are 15 to 34. Shorn market lambs are 95 to 106. Unshorn market lambs are 95 to 105. Feeder lambs are 50 to 207. Ewes are 35 to 95. Small goats are $10 to $165. Medium goats are 100 to $220. Large goats are 125 to $380, and nanny goats are 25 to $225. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures were mixed, cattle or hogs mostly higher. December live cattle closed one fifty one ninety five. That was up 52. February finished at one fifty five twenty five, down 57. April at one fifty eight eighty seven, down 20. And June down a dime at one fifty four twenty seven. Feeder cattle contracts were also lower. November one seventy six ninety two that finished seventy cents lower. January one seventy eight twenty wrapped up down a dollar and a quarter. March one eighty seventy off eighty seven cents. April at one eighty four thirty down one twenty two and May down a dollar twenty at one eighty seven twenty. Lean hogs uh, they were mixed. December at eighty five twenty was actually up twenty seven. February at 88.45 was unchanged. April also unchanged at 93.60. And May hogs, 98.05, that was up a dime. Board of Trade was up yesterday. Soybean uh, markets are good as far as uh, the uh, sales are concerned. Ukrainian exports are causing some concern, so uh, the prices were up. And uh, that was during the day trade. Overnight, a little give back in some pits. December corn down three cents this morning at six ninety four. The oats also down three at three ninety six. December wheat down nine at eight ninety three. Looking out to our March soybeans up two cents overnight, sitting at fourteen fifty six. Soybean meal down a dollar for December at four twenty three eighty. Barrel cheese and block cheese both now trading at a dollar ninety six as we have the cheese for the barrels up a cent and three quarters yesterday. Butter took another hit down twenty four and a half cents. That's uh, 270 on the trade. That's down 44 cents, I believe, in the last two days. As uh, yesterday, there was uh, some trading. Uh, no trading, rather. Ten loads offered, uh, no bids, but the market went down 24 and a half. 
November Class 3 up 12 at 2059. December up a dime at 1910. January up a penny at 1882. February down 6 at 1920. March down 4 at 1943. And later on today, they will release the official October Class 3 price. Almost 11 minutes after 5 o'clock, we've got 51 degrees. Looking for maybe a record high today. We'll see. Our record 75. The forecast 74. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. You got your soil tests all taken for this fall. Still not too late. The ground hasn't frozen up. We're going to talk about that and the importance of it with Brad Matson this morning. Brad, of course, lead agronomist with Provision Partners Cooperative on our Provisions Partners program this morning. And Brad, fall soil sampling, you know, we talk about uh, tissue testing the crops and all this other stuff, but that fall soil sampling is a very important part of crop production, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And um, with today's input prices the way they are, it's more important than ever. And we've been really pounding a lot of soil tests. We've got a lot to go, waiting for some crops to get off. But been getting a lot of results coming in, and it's been pretty interesting information coming in so far. Well, before we talk about what you're finding, give us, because we talk about this for years and years and years, but give us the proper way to take a soil test, how much ground we should be covering with each test, and, and what makes a good soil test. That's the million-dollar question, Bob. There's a lot of philosophies on it. What we used to do was take one sample every five acres and just kind of drive around. With the advent of precision ag, we define spots in the field and take those and go back to the same spots each year. With the yield monitor data and the tools that we have now based on management zones, we take soil tests on management zones. So whatever a producer fits into his operation and the ability of the agronomist to work with that data will decide which ones we pick. Each one will is a soil test, but it gives you information based on different relevancy and uh, in the field so it can give you better information to make better decisions as you go forward into your crop planning for 2023. And it works better to do it in the fall rather than the spring, doesn't it? Well, we never have enough time in the spring, so fall, you know, being consistent is the big thing. If you're always taking them in the fall, take them in the fall because they will, the results will vary, not a whole lot, but they will vary from fall sampling to spring sampling. So consistency, always using the same lab. You know, the labs are very accurate, but there are some little differences between the labs and stuff. So consistency helps with uh, better information as we're going through uh, analyzing the data from the soil tests. And you said you and your fellow agronomists here at Provision Partners are uh, neck deep in taking these soil samples and looking at the results from the results you've looked at so far. Any trends, you know, maybe in western versus central Wisconsin or the crops this year? What have you seen so far? Well, on the western side, we're still running a lot of samples calling for uh, lime, corrective pH. That's probably the most important step you can have out there. Uh, as the pH drops, uh, the efficiency of the fertilizer you use also drops. So uh, having that up is going to make better use of this uh, of the input prices for 2023. The other thing that's been kind of alarming is still potash levels are coming in way too high a percentage on the very, very low. Potash is one of the major building blocks. If we get low on potash, it can have numerous effects as far as transferring nutrients and water use efficiency, those types of things. Phosphorus has been kind of all over the board. Some have been very good and some have been very low. So uh, we've been doing 
I actually wrote a bunch of variable rate phosphorus applications yesterday. We're seeing more and more variable rate applications because with the price of these things, we're putting it on where we need it in the fields and not putting it on in other parts. The micronutrients are all trending lower. Um, boron especially is, is one that's been typically low, some manganese. Uh, zinc is kind of all over the board, some low, some in pretty good shape there. And you can't tell that without a soil test. That's just the way it is. Yeah, my, even my crystal ball gets pretty foggy most of the time. So uh, without some hard numbers and, and looking at those numbers, it's going to be hard to uh, try to manage a, a cost-effective fertility program for 2023. Yeah, and cost-effective is the uh, key phrase there because costs are going up and probably going to stay that way. Brad, uh, good to talk to you this morning, and uh, get out and get some more soil tests done so we can talk about it next week again. Will do. Brad Matson, Brad Lead Agronomist with Provision Partners Cooperative. And again, soil testing, so important. you got to have those numbers with farm and science, and uh, those are good numbers to have, soil tests, fall soil. So if you get to get the harvest done and you got a chance to do that, get that done. It's very, very important. Sixteen and a half after five o'clock. We've got some news to take a look at. We've got some numbers, some prices. We'll catch you up on those next right here on Wax. Brought to you by Chili Implement in Chile. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Sneaking up on 18 minutes after five o'clock. Jill, lots of numbers to share this morning. The official October Class 3 milk price will be released later today. But before that, the USDA has released the official September all-milk price for Wisconsin at $22.10 a hundred. That's the same as the August price, but it was $3.70 higher than last September. But our price is $2.30 less than the U.S. all-milk price of $24.40. The highest September prices were in Florida and Georgia, where prices were over $29. Wisconsin's September all-milk price was the lowest of the country's top milk-producing states. Prices for other major commodities produced across the state were mixed in September. Corn averaged $7.12 a bushel, up $0.17 from August, and $1.30 more than last September. Nationally, the September corn price was down 15 cents, averaging $7.09 a bushel. Soybeans averaged $14.10 a bushel across the state in September, down $1.60 from August, but $2.20 more than a year ago. The national average soybean price in September was $14.10 a bushel, down $1.20 from a year ago. Oats brought $4.53 a bushel for September, 16 cents less than August, but $1.35 more than last September. Alfalfa hay prices were also up. The September average was $161 a ton, up $20 from August and a dollar more than a year ago. The all hay price in September across the state averaged $144 a ton, up $16 from August, but $5 less than a year ago. Nationally, alfalfa brought $242 a ton in September, with the all hay price coming in at the same $242 a ton. Yeah, dry. A lot of places aren't uh, aren't having much of a hay crop. And again, the official Class 3 will come out later today for October. Some of, the, some of those prices coming up 
We're going to hear from the man in charge of the FFA. Jill had a chance to talk to him, Scott Stump, down at the Indianapolis Convention. That's next right here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. I met up with somebody in the sea of blue jackets down here at the 95th National FFA Convention, Mr. Scott Stump. He is the chief executive officer of the National FFA Organization. It's kind of neat for me to sit back here and talk to somebody that has his finger on the pulse of FFA. You've been in the job for a year and a half. What have you seen so far that you've liked or has changed? So what's really been going on? It's an exciting time, and uh, so pleased to be with you today, Jill. And uh, I will tell you, uh, you mentioned the Sea of Blue Jackets, and uh, um, yeah, I don't get to wear a jacket today. It's more of a sport coat, but uh, I'm so glad that I did wear the jacket as I was working my way through middle and high school in northeastern Indiana because uh, it was absolutely the foundation that prepared me to do what I'm doing today. And you know, as I look at the year and a half uh, that has passed, uh, I'm full of hope uh, for the future because uh, we're growing. Uh, 850,000 members across this nation, highest in our history, uh, and we're growing. So uh, as we look to the future, how do we continue to provide meaningful experiences, whether it be at national convention or the state convention in Wisconsin that I was so blessed to go to this year, and most importantly at the local level, because our difference is made most when a teacher and a student uh, are able to have that conversation where a teacher goes, I think you can do this, and the student goes, no, but the teacher wins, and that makes all the difference. And you talked about the growth. With that growth, the need for more teachers how is that need being met? Absolutely. Uh, and any good deed does not go unpunished. And yes, we are absolutely in, in a need for ag educators. And, and I'll be honest with you, uh, we've been investing along with our partner uh, in uh, the National Association of Agricultural Educators uh, to, uh, for the past many years, to have a teach ag campaign that provides funds directly to states to, to expand their recruitment and their retention activities within the state. And that's been a huge part of our growth to this point. But we know as we continue to grow, we've got to do more. And so uh, actively uh, through our strategic plan, we are looking at how we can better empower state leaders uh, and local teachers and grow the qualified instructors that truly do make a difference in our organization. With expanding those teachers, we swing on back to the funding part of it. How's the FFA working with its fund fundraising and working with its donors to get, get the experience out for as many kids as they can? FFA and Ag Education is uh, funded uniquely because there is a federal funding stream with the uh, Carl D. Perkins Act that provides the Perkins funds out for current technical education for agriculture and all of the other skilled trades along with state funds that are uh, each state different in how they invest in that space. But I will tell you, I'm encouraged, uh, where we don't have control over the state and federal funding stream, uh, but we do get to keep a close eye on it. And there is a desire across uh, state uh, legislators and policymakers across the country in expanding uh, the work of skills. You know, for decades, uh, we've been on a push for uh, academics, which is great, but it was academics only and at the expense of really truly developing that whole person, helping them find their career path, and honoring uh, the one- and two-year degrees and certificates that are so desperately needed, uh, you know, from welding to the techs that are working on the, the large equipment, and especially as the equipment starts to have... Uh, 
autonomous functions and as we have smart systems uh, out there, uh, we need students that uh, can absolutely troubleshoot electronics and pneumatics and sensing uh, systems. And that's the space that uh, we look forward to uh, working with states to, to help them take uh, whatever investments they want to make into local programs and help them succeed. I'm happy to say that we announced uh, on uh, Thursday morning or Thursday evening our convention at our uh, foundation sponsors dinner uh, that uh, the last year we've had uh, two or $20 million uh, in support from both our corporate and our individual givers. It continues to rise, and we appreciate so much all of those that contribute at a national level, those that invest at a state level, and absolutely those that are investing in local chapters to help them uh, meet the needs of their students and grow leaders. Do you feel like the FFA has really made an impact on the school districts and getting the word out? about the need? It's an area that we're going to grow in. And again, under our strategic plan, one of the core areas uh, is empowering teachers and uh, state leaders. One part of that is equipping them uh, with that information to share with school administrators. And uh, for the first time in a long time, we hosted an administrator's track uh, here at convention, so principals and superintendents that are somewhat removed from the classroom and honestly may or may not have ever experienced a school as they come into a, a new school district, uh, what an FFA program is and why are we investing in maybe an extended contract? Why did the students go out of the classroom all the time, like to national convention? And so uh, working uh, with that group, uh, it was great to uh, let them see the convention and understand that we are developing potential uh, for premier leadership, personal growth, and career success. Uh, and no, that's not going to be sitting in a classroom. That's going to be learning it by doing it, by standing in front of their peers and communicating their ideas and thoughts and getting feedback on that, learning and coming back and doing it better the next time. Uh, we're about to launch a national study, research study, to uh, tease out. What are the, the, the three-year, kind of right after high school, the short-term impacts, and then what are the long-term impacts that as our students go out into uh, communities and companies across this nation and uh, become a part of the workforce, what difference does FFA make? We, you and I and all those involved absolutely know and can feel that difference. We're going to try and document that and put that in the hands of teachers to share with school boards and administrators to say, you absolutely need to not just continue your investment, you need to grow your investment. What else do you think is going to go on in the future? Yeah, we are going to make some significant changes over the next uh, uh, probably decade. Uh, we're going to start laying the groundwork in the next three years uh, around evolving our programs and experiences. When I look and, and uh, throughout this uh, conference or convention, we have met with a variety of uh, uh, sponsors and uh, those heavily involved in the agribusiness industry. And we've been having the conversation uh, about where are we headed and who would have ever thought that, uh, yeah, the uh, 14s, 15s, and 16-year-olds would now be out of uh, a job of driving the grain cart because the grain cart's going to be automatically following the combine. Uh, as we look at the ag of the future, we need our students to be ready for what's next. And there's going to be significant changes. And so as we look across our suite of uh, you know career development events, the, the old judging contest that some of uh, your listeners might remember, uh, yeah, they are going to need to look dramatically different uh, or new competitions will be needed to put into place so that we are incentivizing and getting students interested and excited about where agriculture is going. Scott Stump, who is the CEO of the National FFA Organization, and uh, again, excited about the future. We talked to him last summer in Madison, and again, Jill speaking to him down there in Indianapolis. How'd you slow him down? Because uh, he had to be moving fast with 69,000 in attendance down there. 
He was all over, but he's uh, Cheryl, my sister-in-law's good friend. So I just kind of kept meeting up with them, and I sat by his wife for Courtney's mm-hmm. retiring address. And you know, you just kind of just be patient and be part, ask become him, part of the family. You bet, well, you bet. Good stuff, Scott Stump, CEO of the National FFA. In good shape. 29 minutes after 5 o'clock. Let's see how the market was going to shape there. And Rocky's going to join us next from over at Premier Livestock. In with E. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get a market update, shall we? Over to Premier Livestock in the Withy area. Rocky Olson joins us. Good morning, Rocky. Got any big fall hunts planned out to elk out west or anything? No, no, not going this year. Uh, some some friends of mine uh, are going, and good luck to them. So, well, maybe they'll share a tip steak or something with you. Well, that'd be nice. It sure would. Your freezer's got to be full anyway, with deer and bear and yep. everything else you got. Yep, good good shape. Should make the winter. Well, uh, <laughs> it's not winter yet, man. We might set a record today. Yeah. Well, ain't that something? Yeah. Well, you never know in Wisconsin. What are they talking for a high today? Well, 74, and the record's 75, so somebody's going to set a record. Wow. Yeah, it's it's warm, that's for sure. Keep the windows open. Well, how are we doing so far? It's uh, Wednesday. What kind of trade have we had over at Premier this week? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how yesterday's special feeder cattle auction shaped up at Premier. We sold 1,275 head of feeder cattle. Uh, we had 150 head of bred beef cows. Feeder cattle market was strong, uh, but those unweaned, unvaccinated, anything that was a little plainer, miscolored calves were definitely a little lower. Um, uh, new crop beef calves sold mostly from 145 to 220. Uh, those heavier yearlings from 130 to 170. Holstein steers, uh, not lots of them. It was a bulk of them were beef, but uh, Holstein's are a little lower also. Uh, most weights from 95 to $1.45 on the Holsteins. And bred beef cows kind of ranged mostly from 850 to $1,400. Uh, beef breeding bulls sold up to 1775 Next big special feeder cattle auction for November uh, will be November 15th. Very important you call in those consignments. Today, Wednesday, hay auction gets underway at 9.30. Dairy cattle auction at 11. We're expecting 300 head of dairy cattle. Uh, we do have three complete herd dispersals. Herd number one, we have 100 Holstein Parlor Freestall cows, 78-pound uh, tag average on 2X, 180 cell count. They'll sell on test, 30 years of AI breeding. Uh, they're all AI bred Angus, lots of fancy cows in that herd. Herd number two, uh, we got a registered herd of Holstein and Red Holstein uh, tie stall cows. They're going to be a deep pedigreed herd uh, with a three-generation catalog already on our website, so check that out. Herd number three, uh, another freestall parlor herd. They're even adapted to tie stall. Uh, most of that herd will be selling bread back. We also have an exceptional run of high-quality reputation parlor freestall cows uh, from some of our top consigners, guys, the smoking fancy kind of parlor freestall cows today. Also have a top uh, purebred registered Holstein uh, breeding bull, big enough for cows, big pedigree on them, uh, really nice bull. Plus lots more full details at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Uh, questions, give us a call, 715-229-2500. Uh, like I say, today will be the last day for the paper ads uh, to get your consignments in, so if you haven't got them in, make sure you do get those items in today. Uh, we will be taking consignments up until Monday, so if you got stuff to get in, really need to get it in this week. Uh, we might end up shutting off the smaller items, so call before you bring those. Um, and that is the way it shaped up, Bob. 
Well, that sounds like it's shaping up pretty good. Hey, enjoy the day, and we'll talk to you in the morning. All right. Thank you much. Bye. There, there he goes. That's Rocky over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area. Record high temperatures, maybe, but here's something good for you. Midwest Family Eau Claire and Wax 104.5 are having the best holiday ever. We want to upgrade your freezer game. When a one-half hog from Smith Brothers meets in Colby and a chest freezer to store it in from Ebbsford Appliance. It's all part of our best holiday ever and another great upgrade from TDS. Find out more about the best holiday ever at AroundThe715.com and WaxRadio.com. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Never felt so good either for the 2nd of November. We're in the low 50s right now, 70s later on today. Weather brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean. Mike Dandry is over at Skywarn 13. Well, if you were going to bet record... <laughs> I I would say that uh, it is going to get very very close. Oh. It, it's one of those too close to tell. <laughs> so because uh, it, it's it's just one of those. Like I said, too close to tell. We'll be right on the doorstep. Some I, folks are going to set a record. Oh yeah, uh, down in Lacrosse, I think that they have a pretty good chance at setting that record. Uh, Twin Cities pretty much going to break it with with relative ease. And uh, my old neck of the woods, St. Cloud, probably breaking their record as well. But uh, here, like I said, we're going to be very, very close. We may come up just a hair short, depending on how many clouds roll in uh, into the early afternoon. I think most of those will hold off until the latter half of the afternoon. But if a few want to come in early, then I think we'll fall just short of it. Bottom line is I can take my convertible out very comfortably today. Absolutely. (laughs) It'll be pretty warm today as uh, we're already starting off fairly warm, getting into the mid-70s. And mind you, our record high 75 degrees set back in 1933, but it will be rather windy. We'll have winds sustained between 10 to 20 miles per hour, gusting near 30 to 35. Partly cloudy tonight, mid-50s for our overnight lows, still a little breezy. Tomorrow we may get a little break from the clouds, at least in the early going, but then more clouds start to roll in into the afternoon, and that'll keep us a little on the cooler side with upper 60s for our highs. So yes, when I say a little on the cooler side, it's still very, very warm. Otherwise, a few showers and possibly some thunderstorms move through tomorrow night with lows into the upper 40s. Friday, much cooler. Temperatures will be fairly stagnant. In fact, maybe even falling through the afternoon to around the mid-40s. More rain chances into Saturday, heading into the low 50s for our highs. Sunday, more sunshine, mid-50s for our highs. And Monday, more sunshine as well, upper 40s and low 50s before more chances for showers return for Election Day with uh, partly sunny skies and, uh, again, a chance at some showers and highs mostly into the mid-50s. Right now, mostly clear and a temperature of 54 degrees no clear. Very warm start. Yeah, it is. And we're warming up already. Absolutely. Usually we go down a little bit. Yeah, and once we get that sunshine in, well, a couple hours from now, yeah, uh, yeah. that'll that'll certainly help, too. It will be nice. Thank yeah. you, sir. Absolutely. Have a good one, Bob. There he goes. Mike Dandry over there, so may set a record, but uh, he's hedging just a little bit. Our weather brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, I know one young lady that will be enjoying the warm weather and the sunshine today, Morgan McCarthy. She's in the newsroom now, but I would imagine later on you'll be outside. As much as I can be and possibly even barefoot in November. Uh, you don't get to do that very often. No, I guess not. And, uh, of course, you're, you're very practical 
and earth person. Have you ever had a sunburn? I mean, you're the kind that doesn't wear short sleeves in the sun. I mean, you ever had a sunburn, really? I, I tell you what, Bob, I had a sunburn, a really bad one once in my life. My family and I had taken a vacation, and we went to Key West. Oh, and, boy. Yes, and we were out on the ocean all day, and, you know, we're landlocked here in the yeah. dairy land, so it didn't occur to me. And uh, over the water reflecting over the course of the boat ride that day, I got some pretty red forehead action, and it set in slowly over the day. My family went out to eat that night. Waitress comes up to the table takes one look at me and says you're not from around here are you (laughs) (laughs) yeah they can pick us out my red forehead give it away did it just a bit but uh, so be careful we (laughs) might uh, get a little suntan or sunburn today it's gonna make uh, those cold temps feel extra chilly when they do set in though because we know what's coming that's for sure but uh, what's coming from the news well before we get out to enjoy those temps today we have to get the work done and that includes 715 newsroom headlines that stay in our area good morning Here's what we're learning today. There will be a delay in a case against a Minnesota man accused of a stabbing spree on the Apple River. This was in St. Croix County last July. You probably remember that. Well, prosecutors yesterday said it will take up to 60 days to get test results back from the state crime lab in the case against Nikolai Mew. Police say he killed a teenager and hurt four others when he started stabbing them last summer. He says he feared for his life after getting into a fight with a teen. Mew is being held in St. Croix County Jail on million dollars bond. Continuing in the courts as sentencing lays ahead now, the focus in Waukesha is on a memorial for the victims of the parade attack. 715 Newsroom coverage with John DeMaster takes us to that part of our state. Planners in Waukesha are now looking to raise the money to build the city's parade memorial. Memorial Commission boss Gerald Corey yesterday said they need $1.5 million to build a permanent memorial to the six people that were killed and 60 others that were injured in the attack on the parade last year. The design features six hearts, sculptures, and plenty of green space. The commission hopes to build the memorial before the two-year anniversary of that attack next year. I'm John DeMaster. No shortage of action on our political stage and a lot of eyes on Wisconsin. In fact, you probably noticed that the Secretary of State race is getting more attention this year as well. Part of the reason is that it's a suggestion from a Republican candidate, State Representative Amy Ludenbeck, that the office be given a role in elections over in a site. We'll show you different sides so you can decide, as she says. I understand people are concerned. I don't want anyone to give me the keys to the kingdom, so to speak. I want them to give me the keys to that office in the basement if I'm elected so I can open the door and start adding value and working for the people of the state. That's my first goal. On the other side of the ticket, longtime Secretary of State Doug LaFollette says that keeping politics out of election oversight is a key issue in the race. Sounds like this. My opponent wants to slowly slide it back in. She's being very clever and not saying exactly what she wants to do because she's afraid that people don't want to put politics in charge of the election. He also says Republican lawmakers have cut staffing and funding for the office. Ludenbeck says she would do an inventory if elected and request additional resources if needed. Meanwhile, we'll get a peek at the overall snapshot Marquette Law School poll expected to come out today early afternoon about where those tight races sit now in Wisconsin ahead of Election Day. And dust off the lucky numbers that Powerball jackpot powers up. How many zeros are we drawing, Mark? There wasn't a winner in Monday's drawing, which means tonight's jackpot is an estimated $1.2 billion. That marks the largest Powerball prize in over six years. Monday still saw plenty of winners of smaller prizes. Powerball said more than 5.4 million winning tickets were sold for prizes that totaled nearly $60 million, including 10 that won $1 million.
I'm Mark Mayfield. But you can always hit the jackpot when you keep it right here. We send you back to the barn with Bob Jill and the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Million dollars. That's chump change when you're talking a billion, too. Oh, my gosh. Oh. That I can't even put it in terms. All all of the zeros that you would have to go to the right of. I'm used to the zeros <laughs> on the left. Yeah, I'm used <laughs> to just plain zeros. Yeah, same. Uh, thanks, Morgan. Anytime, Bob. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. Our news brought to you by Northside Elevator in Loyal and growing in other places as well. Service technicians are now needed. Apply at Chilson.com. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We'll get to the markets here in a moment. It's quarter to six here at Wax. And Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack coming back to Wisconsin tomorrow. Secretary Vilsack and Ambassador Susan Wright, who is the White House Domestic Policy Advisor, going to be in rural Wisconsin tomorrow morning. They'll be in Menominee County. Then the afternoon, the two will travel to Chippewa County, where they will meet with local and state stakeholders and highlight the area's designation as a Rural Partners Network community. And uh, they'll do some other things as well. I'm sure campaigning is part of the deal. And, uh, again, that is tomorrow afternoon. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack is going to be in Chippewa County. We'll get some markets next. Markets brought to you by Christensen Sales of Abbotsford. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 54 degrees right now, going up to 74. Maybe a little higher than that. We'll see. Jill, where are we going for markets? We're going to head over to Altoona Equity and hear from Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers and efforts dollar twenty to a dollar forty one. We had a top of dollar forty four. Choice dairy cross steers and efforts dollar twenty to a dollar forty. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers a dollar thirty to a dollar forty. We had a top of a dollar forty six and a half on some high yielding overnight primes. Choice Holstein steers one fifteen to one twenty nine. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar fourteen and down. Top twenty percent of the cow cows sold from seventy two to eighty two. We had a top of eighty five and a half. Sixty percent of the cows sold from fifty four to seventy three. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from fifty three and down. Organic market on Tuesday eighty percent of the organic cows sold from seventy five to ninety. The bottom twenty percent of the organic cows sold from seventy four and down. Cow bulls sold from eighty to ninety five. We had a top of ninety six. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $50 to $125 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $265 per head. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, November 4th. This will be a special red-heighted sale also featuring red beef cows. We will be accepting all classes of feeder cattle for that sale. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104 to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. And let's get more markets from the equity barns going over to Stratford. Now Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Good morning, Jerry. Well, you're looking for record highs today over in your part of the country, too? Well, good morning to you, Bob. Yeah, well, whatever it is, it is. But we know we're in Wisconsin, so a week from now it could be a little different. (laughs) It certainly could, that's for sure. But enjoy it while we've got it. What's been going on so far this week at Stratford? Bob, thank you. We'll tell the folks about it, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from uh, yesterday, Tuesday, and the first couple of days here at Equity Stratford. Of course, we had the dairy auction yesterday. We had a real nice little herd of cows for a dispersal yesterday. The better quality cows in that herd, selling from thirteen twenty-five up to two thousand uh, dollars. Plainer quality cows in that herd, twelve fifty and below. 
On the market auction now, uh, these are market cows. We'll start out with the organic market that we sell organic cattle here every Tuesday in Stratford. Uh, high yielding organic cows yesterday selling from 87 to 109. Low yielding organic cows below 85. On the conventional type cows now, high yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows yesterday selling from 73 to 88 and a half. Uh, most of the cows this week so far, 52 to 72, uh, feel these thinner cows below the $50 money. On the bull trade this week, your better quality bulls are selling mostly from 87 to a dollar. Lighter bulls, 84 and below. Uh, summary on the calf market, Holstein bull calves, mostly 75 to 175 with a 185 top. Uh, fairly limited demand, no separate calves, 40 and Forty dollars and below beef calves, good demand, one seventy five to three fifty. And we've topped this week so far on those at three seventy. And of course we'll have an update to Fed Cal tomorrow, so most of those today. And speaking of today, a very busy day here on tap here at Equity Stratford today, Wednesday. We do start this morning, 10 o'clock, market auction. Uh, again, market cows today, as I mentioned, fed cattle, sheep, hog, and goats, baby calves. Around the noontime start, quarter after 12, somewhere there, we're going to get underway with the uh, feeder cattle sale. We have that special red-hided feeder sale today, folks. We've got a very large selection of feeder cattle for your consideration today. Not only red-hided cattle, but a lot of black-hided cattle also for that feeder sale. A lot of bred beef cows and bread beef heifers and Holstein, so just a big line of feeder cattle, uh, just about something for everybody. So, again, that will get started around the noontime start today, and don't forget, tomorrow will be our auction starting at 11. So Bob, that's what we have. Again, folks, uh, you can view you got a lot of consignments for this feeder sale. Those are online. Uh, you can visit those online, Equity Club, on the Stratford page. And uh, we'll have a report on that tomorrow morning. So, Bob, with that, we'll turn it back to you and folks. Enjoy the day, but again, like we say, drive careful because, boy, there's a lot of machinery out there. A lot of machinery and a lot of deer, too, so uh, be careful. Hey, thanks, Jerry. We'll talk to you in the morning. You betcha, Bob. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Here to look at our markets brought to you by Synergy Cooperative in the Ridgeland area. Board of Trade was higher yesterday, some large soybean shipments, also some concern about these Ukrainian exports, the Russians pulling out of that agreement uh, permanently, partly, who knows. But uh, the markets were higher yesterday, but overnight, December corn gave back three cents, sitting at 694. Oats down three cents at 396. December wheat down nine, that fell below nine dollars, 893 a bushel this morning. March soybeans up two cents on those shipments, fourteen fifty six overnight, and meal for December down a dollar at four hundred twenty three dollars and eighty cents. Country elevator prices: wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls location, corns at six thirty nine with soybeans at thirteen eighty nine. Connorsville corns at six thirty nine with soybeans at thirteen seventy five. Also on our DTN screen, country elevators, golden plump corn today is six fifty five. At Baldwin and Mondovi, six forty on the corn, thirteen fifty five on their beans. Duran has corn at six twenty nine, beans thirteen forty five. At Elmwood, six forty on the corn, thirteen sixty on the beans. At Fall Creek, corn is at six twenty five, the beans thirteen twenty. Osseo corn is six forty five with the beans at thirteen sixty. Elk Mound six forty and thirteen sixty five down at Melrose Farm Service in Sparta. Corn six forty today, the beans thirteen forty three. Ellsworth, corn 620, beans 1305, ethanol plants, Boyceville, corn 644, Stanley 645, New Richmond Grain Facility 643. 
Barrel and block cheese both at a dollar ninety six. Now as uh, block or barrels were up one and three quarters yesterday, butter fell another twenty four and a half yesterday, and again uh, that price is at two seventy. Yesterday there were ten truckloads of butter offered from two seventy to two eighty five a pound. There were zero sales and zero trading, and uh, one unfilled bid at two forty five. So again, uh, butter prices have come down about uh, forty. Three forty-four cents in the last couple of days, as the grocers uh, say they've got what they need for the holiday season. Well, November class three up twelve at twenty fifty-nine. December up a dime at nineteen ten. January up a penny at eighteen eighty-two. February down six at nineteen twenty. March down four at nineteen forty-three. And later today we'll get the official October class three price. Meanwhile, enjoy the day. Got harvesting to do or going out for a walk or whatever the case may be. Enjoy it because we've got some uh, sunny skies coming for the most part. The winds be out of the south. And uh, I know later on this week we've got the uh, volleyball tournament down in Madison. I don't think there'll be anybody left in Chippewa Falls. Both Chippewa Falls, McDonald and Chai High are going to the state tournament. Chai High Division One, McDonald and Division Four, Bloomer in Division Two. St. Croix Falls in Division Three, so good luck at the state volleyball tournament. And should be good weather to travel if you're going tomorrow. Partly sunny and seventy, and then rain on Friday and Saturday. But probably be inside watching volleyball anyway, or World Series, or whatever the case may be. But enjoy it. It's fifty-four right now. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.